Good morning, Lift Church. It is so good to see you on this wonderful 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th of July for all of you. And it's so exciting that you've taken some of your time this weekend to join us this morning. If you haven't met me before, my name is Adam. I'm so blessed to serve as the youth director here at Lift Church. And I'm just going to jump right in with some quick announcements before we go in to a time of worship and digging into God's Word. So first, thank you so much to those of you that joined us last weekend at our summer social. It was incredible to see so many of your faces, and I hope you guys felt as filled with our in-person worship and our discussions as I did. I cannot wait till the next time that we're together, uh, but know that we are anxiously awaiting that moment as well. Uh, so hope you enjoyed that time. If you have any questions about what happened at the summer social, feel free to contact any one of the staff members, or I'm sure reach out to anyone that went to the summer social and they can share what went on. Second, as we jump into our worship service today, we'd love to get connected with you, whether that's our the first time that you're joining us or the millionth time that you're joining us. The best way that you can get connected with us is by going to liftchurch.info, again, liftchurch.info, and clicking on the online connect register. Fill that out with as much information as you're comfortable with, but most specifically at the bottom, fill in a prayer request. We have people praying for those each and every day um, during the week. We want to make sure that we are joining you in prayer with whatever is sitting heavy on your heart. So if there's something that you need prayer for, please put that down. We'd love to join you in raising those prayers and petitions to our Lord Jesus Christ. Also on there, we are continuing uh, with a couple of quick announcements. So first, we uh, took an offering for the Brook Community Church over the last couple of weekends. And thank you so much for your generosity in that. We're gonna be sending a team up to Brook Community Church on the 17th and 18th of July to pack some of those things and deliver that to the communities that desperately need it. So if you'd like to go up there and, and help us serve the community of Minneapolis-St. Paul on all that they've gone through over the last few months, we'd love to have you join us again uh, July 8th, 17th and the 18th. We'd love to see you there. Also, we are still continuing with our normal offerings. So. Uh, if this is your first time watching us, uh, your gift to us is simply being here today. But if you're a regular attender or member at Lyft, we wanna just encourage you to continue to give to what God is doing in, in Rochester, in Minnesota, in the US and the world around, all the way down to the little tiny communities that we have influence over. We're doing our best to make Jesus known in all of those areas and know that you are valid, valued and uh, valid partners in that process as well. So you can find a place to give online, again, at liftchurch.info. Our final quick announcement is just for this upcoming uh, time of praise, worship, and getting into God's Word. We want to make sure that you have a Bible in your hands so you can follow along as Ron preaches to us again in these incredible messages from God's Word. Had a chance to spend some time with him last weekend, and I know that uh, what he's going to bring this weekend is going to stir our hearts and uh, bring us closer to Jesus Christ in ways that I am so excited to see. So I'm going to jump into a word of prayer, and then we're going to head right into praise and worship. 
Heavenly Father, so thankful for the chance to gather together, uh, even as we're doing that online uh, and physically apart, but spiritually together, Lord. We just pray that you bless this service, bless our time together, um, and as we anxiously await the times that we can join together for a time of worship in person again, we know that uh, the praise and worship that we lift up from our hearts, even when we're sitting in front of our computers, still sounds like sweet, sweet music to your ears, Lord. Uh, we pray that you bless this time, uh, bless what Pastor Ron is about to bring to us, and uh, we pray all these things in your wonderful and glorious name. Amen. Lift Church, it is so good to see you. We're going to jump right into our time of worship.
Church. Hey, it's great to be with you again today. Whether you're listening to this on Sunday morning or if you're listening to it a little bit later, we are in the middle of Rochester at Steam Coffee Shop. Just had some great coffee 
and now we're doing this message. Hey, happy 4th of July, Independence Day weekend. Awesome stuff. Hopefully you had some good times with your family uh, or with your friends. This morning we're continuing our sermon series called Unstuck. We're talking about those moments in life that we feel stuck and how do we get out. Uh, certainly it could be you know, like you're in the midst of a job and you're in the midst of like, dynamics within your job. And you're like, man, how do I get out of this thing? Maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe you're single and you're in a relationship with somebody and you're like, man, how am I going to get out of this? Maybe it's in your marriage where you're just feeling stuck in your marriage and you're just thinking, man, like, how do I get out? Like, how do we begin to move forward in our marriage relationship? And finally, ultimately, right in our relationship with God. A lot of times we get stuck in our relationship with God and, and there's things that kind of come in and just begin to really divide us in our relationship with God. How do we get unstuck? How do we get free from those things that are weighing us down? And this is what we've been learning so far. We have been learning that if you want to get unstuck, it starts with a relationship. It starts with a relationship with God. It starts with trusting, depending upon what God has for you. It's a journey that starts with a relationship. And this is what I also know about you. What I know about you, because I know what I know about me, is that we don't necessarily like to start that journey. We have excuses. We have reasons to not uh, get, we, we have reasons to stay stuck. We get excuses to stay stuck. I mean, think about excuses. Think about how many times that we use excuses in life. I have three kids, and uh, I remember uh, being with my son, Micah. He's about 15 years old. And I said, hey, uh, son, like dinner is going to be at 5.30, and so you need to be home at 5.30. It's very, very clear. It hit 5.30. And there was no Micah. And I said, Micah, like I texted him, where are you? And he only says to me, he says, you know what? I texted mom and mom hasn't responded to me. So I don't know if I need to be back. And I was like, what are you talking about? I said, be back at 5.30. But kids, man, they're fabulous, fabulous with excuses, right? But so are we. Our tendency is to use excuses to to like stay stuck, you can stay stuck in a relationship with God or stay stuck in the relationships we have or whatever it is. I mean, think about the excuses that we can use. Here are some excuses that we use. I'm afraid to take the risk. I'm afraid to take that adventure. Fear can become an excuse. Or we think about this, we stay stuck in a relationship with God because we think, I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve, you know, this relationship. And so we stay stuck. For some of us, the excuses that we use is we say, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about God, or I don't know, know enough about the Bible to be able to you know, share Jesus with somebody, or be able to lead a Bible study, be able to lead a small group, or whatever it is. And we just begin to use these different excuses in life. We begin to think, you know what, that, it's impossible. There's no way that we can get out of this mess, so we just end up staying right where we are. For some of you, you think this way, the excuse is, why would I ever start a race that I can't win? so you just stay stuck. Or we think this, it's someone else's fault anyway. I mean, how many times do we play that playing game? I mean, how many times it started right in the very beginning uh, of creation and it continues in now? What excuses are you using to stay stuck, to stay, to remain in the place that you are rather than living the adventure that God has? So this morning, we're going to continue on, or maybe this evening, no matter wherever you're listening or watching in, we're going to look, turn to Exodus chapter 4, get the Bible off the counter or out of the bookshelf, 
open the Bible up, turn to Exodus chapter 4, and we're going to continue with the life of Moses. Last week, we looked at the first excuse that we have to stay stuck, which is, who am I? I mean, look at my past, uh, look at what I've done, or, or, or I have nothing to bring to the table. And so we think, who am I that God would ever use me? And I'm telling you, what God responds, we talked about this last week, God's response to you is, I am with you. I'm with you. But here's three more excuses to stay stuck. The second excuse, what if they reject me? Look at the text, look at Exodus chapter 4, look at verse 1. Once again, God is in the midst of this mission with Moses saying, go back to Egypt, go back to Pharaoh, I want my people released. And Moses is saying, whoa, 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 that's not for me. And here's his second excuse in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, says this, Then Moses answered, but, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. I mean, think about this, right? Moses, as God says, Hey, Moses, go back to Egypt. Moses is going, Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're going to reject me. They're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe we're having this conversation. You know what? Honestly, I don't blame Moses. I mean, I mean, think about it, right? I mean, this is real. I mean, if I was Moses, I'd be asking the same things. I mean, think about, think about Moses' life, right? Moses grew up in the palace while the rest of the nation of Israel, what, it was in slavery. Why are we going to listen to him? But Moses grew up, you know, right? Moses was able to grow up while the other babies, right, were, were honestly killed at that time. I mean, Moses had this wealth and this prosperity while the nation of Israel had nothing. Moses is educated while the rest of the nation of Israel had to like, make bricks all day long. Moses is the, is the one. He's, I mean, they're like, he's not one of us. Who's this guy to tell us what to do? I mean, I mean Moses has reasons to think about. It. I mean, Moses killed somebody and then ran and fled. I mean, Moses has every right, reason to be like, why would they ever listen to me? Certainly, God, they're going to reject me. I mean, think about this, right? I mean, think about Moses going before the nation of Israel. Hey, guys, we're free. Let's go. Right? And, and then Moses is like, yeah, like, there's this bush, and it was burning, and God's voice spoke to me, and it was like, hey, free my people up. Like, I would be thinking, like, no way are they going to receive that. No way. So Moses uses this excuse. They're going to reject me, God. They're going to reject me. And how often do we use that excuse or rejection? How often do we think, I'm not going to take, like, I'm not going to go talk to that person because what if they reject me? I mean, think about, think about like inviting our neighbors over for dinner or inviting our neighbors into our small groups or inviting our neighbors just over for a barbecue. What's our thought? Well, what if they say no? So what do we do? We stay stuck and we never invite anybody. I mean, think about like think about just your marriage. I mean, what is it like to say to your to your spouse to say, "Hey, what if we started praying together?" Why why don't we do that? Because what if they reject it? What if they make fun of us? Right? What if they're like, "Who are you to say let's pray together?" I mean, I mean, what if we talk to this person about Jesus? They may reject us, and we we it it begins to to dictate our lives and we remain stuck because. What if they reject us? I mean, think about just the depth of like sin or struggle that you have. Think about those moments that you're, you're dealing with something deep. You're dealing with a temptation or a sin and you're just struggling with it. 
I mean, how often do we not share that struggle? Because in our minds, we're going, they're going to reject, like, they're, they're going to reject me. They're not going to accept me as their friend anymore if I share this. And so what do we do? We stay stuck because rejection is painful. I remember as a kid, um, I was in junior high, and uh, I found out, like, through the grapevine. So I loved WWF wrestling. It's true. Hulk Hogan, like... Randy Macho Man Savage, like I loved WWF wrestling. I know it may be hard to believe, but it's true. My closest friends in junior high, he was having a birthday party and he invited two friends and one of them was not me. And I found out about the party. And I, I like, I remember, think about it. Think about how old I am now, mid forties, thinking back the pain is still real back in seventh grade, not being invited to a WWF party. I mean, how crazy is that? Why? Because rejection hurts. It's painful. And so many times, so often, we remain stuck because we're of the fear of rejection and it runs deep. And Moses is going, no way, God. No way am I doing this. But look what God says to Moses in verse two. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. And, and, and he said, and God said, throw it on the ground. So he, he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and, and, and catch it by the tail. And so he put out his hand and, and caught it. And, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the, the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, Moses, put, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak, and, and then he took it out. And behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. And God, and, and God said, if they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they, they may believe the latter sign. And if they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. I mean, think about what God is doing with Moses right now. God is saying this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They may reject you. They may challenge you. As you begin to go before the nation of Israel, they may. But you, but look what God's doing with Moses. He's saying this. But I've accepted you. I've accepted you. Put your staff down. It became a snake. Pick it up. Put your hand in your cloak. God is saying, Moses, in the midst of the rejection, I've accepted you. I love you. You're the one who is to do this. The pastor and great author Louis Giglio says this. We live from acceptance, not for it. Think about that. As followers of Jesus, we live from acceptance, not for it. Louis Giglio told the story about the 2016 Olympics in Atlanta. He was able to actually be in the locker room with some of the Olympians, uh, with some of the track stars. And, and he told them the story. He, he, he told them that as they, as they line up and as they, as they put their you know, feet 
in, in, those, in those stations and get ready to run. He says, whatever you do, think about what your coach has said. Think about what your coach has said as far as how to get out, how to get out the fastest that you can. But then he said this to them. But what if as you look down and as you look down at your feet, as you look down at your shoe, you saw this word, accepted. And before you run that race, you knew that God accepted you just as you are. Whether you're a gold winner, right? Whether you win the gold medal, whether you're silver, whether you're bronze, whether you get the participation trophy, whatever that looks like, before you run that race, you see on that, you're accepted. And live church. We have excuses to remain stuck. But God says to you, God says to me, I accept you. And, and what if we started running the race in life knowing that we've already been accepted, we're already loved. We don't need to use that excuse, what if they reject me? Four excuses, who am I? We talked about that last week. Second one, what if they reject me? God's response is I accept you. The third excuse we use is I'm not good enough. I mean, how many times have we said that? How many times have you used that like, not me? I, I can't do that or I can't, I'm, I'm not good enough to, to make that happen. Exodus chapter four, verse 10, Moses continues. But Moses said to the Lord, I mean, remember, he just stuck his hand in his cloak. It became leprous, back in, not leprous. In that context, Moses is still struggling. Think about that. Moses is saying this, but Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since. You've spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. He's like, God, how can I be your God? I'm slow of speech. I'm, slow. I'm like, I'm not eloquent. I, I, don't know. I don't know how to say this stuff. I don't know what to do. You're putting me in this position where I'm supposed to speak to the nation of Israel. I'm supposed to speak to Pharaoh. And I can't even speak eloquently. Like, what are you, crazy? I'm not good enough. This is what Moses is saying to God. I'm not your guy. Like Moses like, Lord, I got issues. I got weaknesses. I mean, you want me to go and speak to in front of the Israelites and inspire them when I don't even know how to speak? How can this even be? Like, there's gotta be somebody else, right? Like, someone else has gotta be better. And how many times have we said that? And how many times do we find ourselves in places where we're just like, man, like, Lord, like, not me, you know? Like, I got too many weaknesses going. Look how God responds. Look how God responds to Moses, right? When, when we say, I'm not good enough, God says, I got you. God says, I got you. Look at the text, look at verses 11 to 12. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or, or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. You see that in the text? He's like, God's like, Moses, I know your weaknesses. I know it's not eloquent. And guess what? Guess who created you that way? Guess who has control of that? He's going, Moses, I got you. When you're in those places, I will tell you what to say. When you don't know what to say, I will do it for you. How many times have we gotten stuck? How many times have we like stopped talking to somebody about Jesus 
right? How many times have we not gone a little bit deeper because our thought is, I'm not good enough. We have to remember, we have to think, God says to you, I got you. I got you. And this is like a challenging couple of verses. If you just like take a step back, you just begin to think, wait, 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 wait. Like God's created me. God's given me the weaknesses that I have. And yet he says, I got you. Step in. God desires for you and for I to live by faith. God doesn't leave us alone. God, in fact, uses our weaknesses, and he's, he's our stronghold in the midst of our weaknesses. I mean, think about 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Paul is struggling with his weaknesses. Paul is struggling with this thorn in the flesh. And in verse 9, says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do we boast in our weaknesses? Do we say in those moments of weaknesses, lift church right where it is? Do we say in the midst of our weakness, God is our strength. Let's step in. Let's use our faith. Let's trust in what God has for us. And let me tell you something. It's, it's not about trusting in God for a year from now. It's not about trusting in God for six months from now. It's not even trusting God for one month from now. Trust God today. Trust Him in the minute. Trust Him in the moments. Take the next step that He's asking you to take. God's got you. When we say, I'm not good enough, God's response is this, I got you. And here's the fourth excuse that we use. And the last one, the fourth one is this, someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. Look at chapter 4, verse 13. Just go right along with the story. But, but he said, right, once again, think about Moses. Think about all he's experiencing right now. There's this fire in a bush, and God's speaking out of it. And then he like does the staff thing and the snake becomes like a staff again. This whole, like, he, Moses still doesn't get it. Moses is still using excuses. I love Moses. Because if we do this, right? We continue to use excuses for ourselves. So verse 13, but he said, but Moses said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. I love it. I love that. I'm just, I love the humanity of Moses. Moses becomes one of the strongest, one of the greatest leaders of all time. And in this, man, in this beginning, he's like, God, will you just send someone else? Just send someone else. How many times have we said that? How many times have we said, you know what, Lord? Like, I know I know my neighbor's hurting, or I know this person in my small group is hurting. I know that my church is hurting. Um, like, I, like I know, I know, like, and how many times do we say, you know what, just, can you have someone else do that? How many times have we done that? I mean, I, I mean, let's just be honest with one another, right? We see a mess, and we go, Lord, send someone else. 
I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. Some of you are saying that right now, right? I mean, you're in the midst of a relationship. You're in the midst of the situation at your job. You're in the midst of your marriage or whatever it is. And, 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 and you know, like God is prompting you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He's prompting you to take a next step. And you're looking at God and you're hearing God. And you go, God, no, send someone else. Make my husband do it. Make my wife do it. Make my roommate do it. Make my coworker do it. Like whatever it is, don't let me do it. Send someone else. And what does God say to us? As we say, send someone else. God's response to you and to me and to Moses is said, he says this, I will provide. I will provide. I'll give you what you need. I'll give you the words to say. I'll give you the strength. Would you just step in? Will you just take the next step? Look at Exodus chapter 4. Look at verse 14 to 17. Let's look at what God says. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. So God is kind of like, all right, dude. Right? Like God is like at this point, like, all right, dude. Enough, like enough excuses. It's time to move. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. And you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And will teach you both what to do. And he shall speak for you to the people. And he shall be your mouth. And you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand the staff with what you shall do the signs. I love this. I love this about God. Rather than saying to Moses, fine, I'm going to send someone else. He says, you know what? I'm going to bring you a teammate. I'm going to bring you a partner. I'm going to bring someone who will walk along your side. And he will speak for you at times. But you will speak to him. Moses, you're my guy. You're the leader. I am going to send someone else to be your partner in this thing. But let me tell you something. I will provide for you. Let's do it. Let's go, Moses. Let's stop using excuses and start the journey with God. This could be like the beginning of a journey with God. For some of you, right, you're stuck in your relationship with God and it's time to take that next step. Live church, it's time for us to take that next step to say, God, I'm gonna trust you. Let's stop making excuses and start the journey. When I was younger, <laughs> I'll never forget this. My dad, um, my, I mean, I love my dad. He was just, I mean, he is just a, a great man, great dad. But I remember learning how to water ski. And uh, I, was, I was the baby of the family, so I had my older sister, she could water ski, my older brother could water ski. Not only could they water ski, but they could slalom water ski, all this stuff. They were so great, and I was like this kid who like, couldn't really water ski. And, and I remember trying to learn how to get up on two skis, and I remember failing after failure after failure, and then you finally get up, and you go outside the wake, and then you try to come back, in, and you fall, and you lose skis. So just, just picture this, right? I finally get up, I go outside the wake, I come back in, I fall. And, and, and sure enough, I'm like, okay, I'm done, Dad. I'm done. My dad would like look me in the eye and say, you're not done. Put the skis back on. And I'm telling you, this is a true story. I'm in the middle of a lake crying. Dad, just bring me in. Like I sink. I'm a failure. I'm not like my brother and sister. Like, I can't do it. Just let me. My dad said, I love you, 
put the skis back on, and let's go. Fast forward 15 years later, learned how to water ski, learned how to slalom, learned how to barefoot. I mean, come on, that incredible adventure. What is it? Why could I ever experience that? Because my dad was like, let's go in the midst of tears. Get the skis back on. You never experience the full adventure if you keep making excuses for yourself. Let's stop making excuses and let's trust God. Let's trust him. Trust him because for some of you, your excuse is this, who am I? Some of you, you may not have a relationship with Jesus right now. And you're like, who am I that God would ever love me? That's the excuse you're using. Or maybe you've been in ministry, you've stepped out of ministry, and you're saying, who in the world am I to get back in? Or maybe you're saying this, what if God rejects me? Look at my past, look at the things I've done. Like, what if God rejects me? I, I don't know if God would be willing to take this journey with me. And for some of you, right, your excuse is, I'm not good enough. Like, look at my past, look at what I've done. And, and for some of you, you're saying this, man, Jesus is for someone else. Jesus is for you. He has this adventure. He has this journey with you. And just know and trust what Jesus says to you is this, I am with you, I accept you, I got you, and I will provide. Will you put the skis back on? Will you take the adventure that God has? And when you don't know, when you don't know if these truths are enough for you, you gotta remember the cross. Jesus loved you so much that he went to that cross, he died in our place, three days later proving that he is the one and only way of salvation by raising from the, from the grave, defeating death. And when you and I put our faith in him, we become followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of us. Dude, if we have God dwelling inside of us, we have the ability to do things that we can't do. Let's stop making excuses. Let's trust, let's put our faith in Jesus Christ and live the adventure that God has. Stop making excuses, stop being stuck, get unstuck. It starts with a journey. It starts with a journey of relationship with Jesus Christ. Live church, anyone who's listening, are you willing to start that journey? Stop making excuses and follow him.
cymbal came off. Oh my.